of salt and laughter too. <gasps> Scoop of kids to add the spice. A dash of love to make it nice. And you got too many games. Too many games. Too many games. Games. Too many games. Games. Too many games. If you're hearing this song, you know where wow. you are. Wow. Wow. You've arrived. At Colette wow. and Matt have entered the chat, a weekly conversation about the fact that there are too many damn games. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that's that's all there is to it. I am your yeah. co-host, Matt Silverman, joined as oh well, not as always. As always, mostly. I would say ninety-seven percent of the time. Ninety-seven percent of the time, which is better than I did on Retroforce Go. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're actually any of the old listeners that are still around in the um, in the chat will tell you that one of the biggest jokes was that I was on a plane because I literally was uh, like did you, a lot because oh, I was oh, traveling, traveling a lot traveling. to go to. Yeah, I was traveling a lot to go to like shows and stuff. So like I went to E3, I went to yeah. PAX, I went to Tokyo Game Show. And so it would be like, oh, Colette really? can't report. Wow. I did. How often did you go to Tokyo? I only went to Tokyo Game Show once, sadly, um, but once was better than zero. Have you been uh, to Japan for just for funsies before, or that was your was no, that your only time? It, it's actually my. It is like one of my longest standing goals in my marriage for us to go to Japan for our ten year anniversary, and nice. that's one year from now. I was so going to say uh, we I were, shall continue to plan. We were about to hit record yesterday, and then you were like, uh, could we move it? Because I think it's my anniversary today. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday was my <laughs> – was well, so we celebrate two anniversaries because we're nerds. So mm-hmm. yesterday was my wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. and then March is my – we had our first date anniversary yes. because I am a nerd. Yes. And uh, I celebrate such things. You so gotta, You got you to gotta do both. Uh, happy yes. ninth anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. K-pop horn, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Who are you? Who is this? Who is this? Talking? Is this is Colette Bennett? Hey, this is Colette Bennett, the person I've... whose name is in the title it's of the show. It's in the show. Come on, I know, but I... it doesn't matter. It's you still got to say it. The last time we spoke was uh, four to five years ago. It seems like. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, you know, I am doing quite well. I can't complain. Um, things are good in my life, and I am feeling very happy. God, well, God bless. Yeah, that's our show. Yeah. We'll we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> the end. Bye. The end. Um, no, uh, we have to urgently discuss what we have been playing and what y'all have been playing. We we didn't even make a plan for the show today because. Um, I, I, I there's nothing going on there i i don't i don't observe any <laughs> news that is like whoa is there anything on your radar that you're like oh my gosh this thing mm, no no right not really. I'm, I'm not crazy like even in the last two weeks it's been like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since nintendo direct uh there has been it's been it's been calm waters yeah it has been pretty calm waters which is fine because i have been up to my eyeballs in really good games. <laughs> and I am actually super happy that all I need to do is just enjoy my really cool games. So 
Fantastic. Uh, before we do that, we ask you, our listeners and our Discord community, what you have all been playing because we we haven't heard from you in a little while because there's been a lot of a lot of news, a lot of directs, a lot of big releases and such that we've been uh, diving right into. So, why don't we uh, take a peek in the Discord and see uh, what the community has been enjoying? Uh, you wanna you wanna kick it off? Sure. I got to go back to the beginning of the thread because, gosh, a lot of people people shared. I was like, oh, it's so cool. (laughs) Lots of things. Okay, let's see. Ooh, further. Ooh, further. Keep going. People are really playing a lot of stuff right now, which is great. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Wow, that's a lot of people. Okay. In a world where we thought we'd all be playing Tears of the Kingdom for the next six months, I'm really interested in hearing what you've been doing, what our listeners have been sort of like, hey, I I have not rolled credits on Tears of the Kingdom, but and I sure I'm still playing it, but I definitely wanted to dabble in some other stuff. So well, uh, I want to talk about that, but I'm gonna save it for my part when I'm talking about what I'm playing. But I'll start off with Aiken Densetsu, who says, I started playing Atelier Ryza in Japanese. My partner adores the series, and I've been looking for something light that could also double as language study. Pretty cool. But mm-hmm. then they also say, Final Fantasy 16 also lets you swap interface language. I'll be doing that once I hit New Game Plus territory. Also, it's real sad boy hours in Final Fantasy 16, though. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like... What what have I not hit yet, or is he oh, talking I was about the stuff that I've knew. already seen? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's been some moments for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I I did just hit a moment in my last playthrough where I was like, "Fuck, that makes me sad." But mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I, I I don't know. So I guess we'll see. It. I tell you what, though, it is full of feels. That's for sure. I mean, you know, when you were, we'll get into this later, but when you were broaching it as a demo and as a concept and like, am I excited for this? You were kind of like, you know, it felt like a big epic political story and not necessarily an emotional, you, you, you didn't seem like you were expecting such an emotional story. Uh, and, uh, it, no. it like, has I heard them delivered. say they were going to work on the story more. Mm. Like that was like feedback that they've gotten from fans in the past. Like the story is not what they, what it used to be. Interesting. Even with 15, like with 15. 15 yeah. yeah. And so I think, yeah, like, I think that was their like, Oh, like, Anyway, I'll save it, but save um, it. But we so literally we were just like, hey, you ever been to Japan? And here we have uh, uh, our beloved listener (laughs) using video games as a way to practice, study and listen to uh, the the Japanese voice tracks, which uh, is great. It's it's, very smart. I learned a lot of Japanese from watching J-dramas. Right. J-dramas. Right. do, Do you ever switch on the... Japanese, you know, or or any you know foreign language uh, track for a video game. Usually, if a game is made in Japan, I prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was originally doing Final Fantasy sixteen in Japanese, and then I thought I, I saw a clip, and I was like, "Man, these voices are incredible! I'm going to actually switch it over." And I'm yes. so glad I did because if I didn't, I wouldn't hear like Sid's insanely sexy and amazing <laughs> voice performance. <laughs> It's so good, dude. It's so good. Uh, yeah, so like good. when the English voice cast is great, then it then you I don't know. I want to be immersed in it in a movie in like a, like I'm watching a movie. You don't you don't want you don't come to games for, as a movie, but like 
You want right. to fully be in there. You don't want to be. Yeah. I, I don't want to be reading, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I don't want to read text as much as possible in a game. Depends on the game, right. but you know. Right. No, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, I'm glad in this case that I switched it over. Persona is another case of that. Mm-hmm. Really like the Japanese, but also the English is really quite good. They so, did a good job. OK. Yeah. 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 Really good. So, yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. So I almost got distracted because we were talking about Discord. <laughs> did you want to go on with Pedro? What Pedro's playing? We'll go on. Uh, Pedro Cortez says, I decided to pick up AEW Fight Forever in a bid to recall my nostalgia for N64's No Mercy. It's more or less similar, but it's lacking a lot of extras. Uh, yeah, Pedro's take mirrors a lot of the chatter that I've seen, which is like, if this game was 30 or 40 bucks, it would be a pretty good deal, but I believe it is a full price $60 situation. And mm. I don't know anything about wrestling culture or wrestling video games, but like, you know, I listen to a variety of podcasts and media, and it just, the general vibe that I get is that wrestling fans have been waiting and longing for a good game a good wrestling game to come along and it has been years if not decades since yeah. like the good the really good like fully licensed all the characters you want all the personas you want so i don't know i don't know anything about it but that's that's the vibe i'm getting from the uh the world it seems like a, a big mess of an uh, of an ip between uh whatever wwe and and aw they're they're not they're not putting out the games the way they used to, I suppose. No, they're really not. So, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> that. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Tricky Love says, no time for anything but Final Fantasy 16 right now. I got gear to grind for in Extreme Wait, wait, 14, trials. 14, 14. Oh, my bad. Ah, my brain misread it. I got gear to grind for in Extreme Trials to try and beat, but maybe some Marvel Snap. <laughs> Every time y'all talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, I think about it. I I think about it. Yeah, I've thought about it. I've, I've actually like, like tried it, and I was just overwhelmed. Like I was like, there's, there's, there's too much going on for me to really be able to enjoy this. And I, I was like, okay, I, I can't do it. Yep. Mm, I and you know me, I like that. If it grabs me and there's still many wikis to read, I- I'm really in. We were joking in the in the conversation about, oh, you know, uh, Tricky Love and Megalith. We're saying, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Using all these terms. And it's like, if you don't know the game, it sounds like gibberish. It sounds like Greek. Uh-huh. But like, I'm here to tell you, um, I had to go back to college to learn how to play Warframe because there's so <laughs> much fucking shit to figure out and, and learn and do and math to spreadsheets. And so like, I, even if I'm not in the know, I love hearing about it, seeing people talk about it, excited about it. So Godspeed to all the Final Fantasy 14ers out there. Love them. Yeah, God. And playing a game that has been around for so long and has thrived so much, I think, over time, like, you know, growing and changing. And yeah, it's It's very cool. It's a massive success and comeback story. It Uh, really is. It's super cool. Chris G says, doing a fresh Skyrim run on PS5 to play all the DLC that uh, they never played the first time around. Uh, Going for a dark mage, dark elf mage werewolf build. If I recall the werewolf, I don't remember what it's called, but there there was DLC that introduced a whole like dark vampire werewolf storyline, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Part of that was that if you were to 
encounter a werewolf and get bitten or attacked, you it could then become part of your class build, and and you could, which was very cool. I remember it, but I I was kind of done with Skyrim by the time that came out. Right. I just. I love it. I love uh, if you have never played Skyrim and you can just get the big anniversary special bundle with everything and it's got the pretty updated graphics and it runs great on PS5 and whatever. Even on Switch, I think they patched that one up too. It was kind of shitty for a while and then it uh, the, uh, the the big bundle edition is now working pretty well. So uh, it's, I don't know, I know you never played it, but it's a, you know, it's a landmark game. It's, it's We owe a lot to Skyrim, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I no, I didn't, but I many people in my life did. Um, yeah, and I know it is quite epic indeed. So, uh, let's see. I lost my place. Uh, Are you familiar with the? Um, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Is it Atelier Riza Games? I've heard of Atelier. them, but I've never, yeah, Atelier. Yeah, that's it. I've never played, I've never played them. I've only heard about them from mm-hmm. people. Yeah, uh, it so sounds no. like a very, very cozy anime, not farming sim, but like alchemy simulator. Like you're, you're gathering resources and you're coming back to town and forming friendships and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> Icon Densetsu calls it incredibly asinine anime BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, those those have never come into my my spear. Uh, let's see. Icon Densets, who also says, an extremely neurodivergent friend sank 150 hours into Ryza in two weeks and described its alchemy mechanics as ADHD crack. I'm like, okay, wait, what? what? I'm listening. <laughs> I'm ready. So that one is called... Now I can't say the word. Is it Atelier? I I literally don't know. I've I've only ever seen it written. Yeah, no, I don't think I've got it either. Uh, Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout. It's very pretty. It's pretty. But I don't know. It's weird. It's like there was a time where I would have been so excited to see all this anime art. And I think now there's just too much of it in the world, like in the gaming world. And so I just don't like it doesn't click with me. It has to really be differentiated or stylized to be like, whoa, this looks really cool. Like, like to your, to your longstanding points, like there is something about persona that's like, whoa, like, well, it's, I think it's visual design. I think nothing looks like that artist's work, you know, whereas like this game is gorgeous, but like, to me, this is like, okay, that's typical high quality anime style. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I'm just not, I'm just like, yeah, okay. So yeah. I'm generally with you. I'm, I'm, I've been in the mood for a sort of crafty farming, you know, combining resources kind of thing, which I will talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Doki says in the mornings this week, I've held a sleeping baby on my chest while playing Mr. <laughs> Sun's hat box. Congratulations <laughs> to Doki. I was like, congratulations, Doki. I knew because I saw the Facebook post. Nice. But I, I love that so much. And I immediately imagined when I saw this conversation in the discord, I immediately imagined like being a little kid and like get, having a dad who would show you this just wild variety of like such interesting games. And yeah. I was like, that's, that's what is ha- going to happen to Doki's child. 
Yes. Like all the all all the kids' friends will be like Fortnite, Minecraft, and then you know your child will be like, "Have you ch- have you seen Mr. Sun's Hatbox? Have you seen uh, uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion? That's my game." And all the other five year olds will be like, "What the fuck?" Oh, bad! Um, so good. Yeah, so I've good. I've seen and read a l- little bit about Mr. Sun's Hatbox. Uh, Docky says a very silly heist game where you steal and capture items. And kidnap guards with balloons while wearing silly hats with different abilities, uh, kind of like Mario mixed with Metal Gear Solid and Monty Python. Like everyone who has touched this game has given it a glowing review. Like people really, really like this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's on a wish list somewhere for me for sure. I've never even heard of it before. Now it I'm going to really type cute. this, Mister Sun's Hatbox. I like to warn everybody if I'm going to type. So if I'm <laughs> clacking. They all know. I want to tell you something. I have been on a journey where I was interested in getting us a, a, a mouse that doesn't have clicky sounds for, yeah. because it's li- literally, we, we can't see each other, but the mouse is directly under my microphone here oh. and also a soft t- keyboard. I just went on this ridiculous odyssey of getting wireless things and spending way too much money, just stupid, stupid, like, and, and I returned all of it found a keyboard in the basement and bought a $15 wired mouse from Amazon. And I'm like, this is the best. Well, check this out. I'm click. I'm clicking right now. Oh, I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything, right? Can you hear me clicking? Yes. Okay, you can. I can. So you can hear it. But you know, I don't really I, do a lot of clicking like when we're like recording. I think I, I've typed because I've been like, ooh, I want to look that up. No, we're always looking stuff up. And we're always uh, playing trailers and videos that the audience can't hear and uh, being, ooh, ooh, what's this? What's this? So, <laughs> yeah, check check this out. And I think it's on, you know, it's it's on it's in the usual places, Steam and Switch. Uh, it's okay. a very lovely little 2D game that's that everyone is uh, you know, it it hasn't quite hit the sort of indie darling hype levels, but the people who are aware of it are like, yeah, Mr. Sun, this is so great. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I have it pulled up now. So cool. Uh, I think we might have covered what everybody's playing because a lot of people talked about either similar games or got deep into threads about uh, about certain games. So Correct. I guess it's time for us to talk about. It's we have to. It's it's urgent. It's been too long. Uh, you know, I, I we we have been weeks apart, and you have been like. And you and many listeners like, oh, Final Fantasy 16. I can't believe it's so good. I'm, I'm on this. I'm doing this. It's so epic. And uh, I'm just sitting here being like, I guess I'll, uh, I'm not I'm not buying a PS5 anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, y'all have fun. Well, I think I think it has, an, if I'm not mistaken, it has an exclusive period of time on PS5 and then it opens to PC, right? Yeah, maybe a year or so. Yeah, I mean, you, so, not like you can't play it if you want to then. No, you know? I like that. Um, I like that idea. Uh, well, I'm assuming that that's my intro to talk about. I think so. Final I mean, Fantasy. And I think that's that's where to, where we want to go. I have been thinking this in my head, but I don't think I've said it because we haven't recorded. So I'm just going to say it, and if I repeat myself, feel free <laughs> to be like, "You said that already." Um, I have ranted and raved on this podcast like old man yelling at cloud mm-hmm. about, you know how much I love Squaresoft and how sad I am that, you know, Square Enix bought Squaresoft and it just became something else. And, and, you know, on and on and on. And I'm really just starting to sound fucking old. And I'm like, all right, you know, and like, you know, 
with Final Fantasy 15, the reason that I decided to come back was number one, you know, it's about a fucking, essentially a fucking boy band. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, but that said, great storytelling, great okay. storytelling between the characters. I think their failing really came with, they were so focused on the characters, which were great, that they really kind of flopped on like making sure the, the story, the bigger picture, like mm -hmm. really worked. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, that's what most people really would say about it. I think like well-made game, fun to play. Like I enjoyed it, like absolutely enjoyed it. But that was like the one thing I was like, eh, they didn't do that well with that. But you know, it's so much better than like what the last couple of main entries have been like for mm -hmm. me that I was mm -hmm. like, I was willing to be like, yeah, okay, I'll overlook that. Yeah, still had I don't, a lot of fun. I know? don't observe a ton of like fans of 15 in the wild who are like 15 is the one. And then, you know, 14 is online. And then be I guess you're going way back in time then. I mean, I I dabbled in 12 as we, you know, I came yeah. much later to 12. I don't really know what 13 is. And then from there, it's we know the rest of the story. So it's just it is you, you, your point about like, I don't know, like. Final Fantasy as a franchise hasn't really like stuck the landing aside from 14's sort of reemergence right. as an MMO, which is not like its own thing. That's yeah. its own thing. That's not necessary. That's not what you are interested, you know, coming to the franchise for. Right. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, was a bummer for me. And I think it has been pretty public that Square Enix like lost a lot of money and on 15. Uh, no, in general, over the last couple of years, they haven't um, been yeah hitting the, the numbers. I'm, I'm gonna type to make sure that mm -hmm. I'm I'm getting the right stuff here. Uh, it was reported last year that Square Enix lost 200 million dollars on Marvel's Avengers as well as Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so that was like a big to do. But then they also talked about they also talked about like. I know I remember this in the news cycle, but now it's been a couple of years, I think. But they were basically they were basically like, here it is. Square Enix reports massive loss of income. They've a 17.6 percent decline in income. And this was reported in February of this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, they they did sell a bunch of IPs to Embracer. So that was like one thing. But basically, like, I think they were like, we have to reevaluate how we're doing things. Right. That's what I remember. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And then like Forspoken, for instance, like that's supposed yes, to cost right. them over $75 I've, million. Right. I forgot Forspoken um, was square. Yep. Like big challenges and breaking even there, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Like, so like, yeah, I think they just had like a string of like broke even, but didn't make any money or didn't break even at all. If you're going to make a $75 million game, Mm -hmm. It has to be great. Um, like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry that this is this is not rocket science, but it's like, go ahead and make a shitty game, make a shitty mobile game, and then do, make it addictive and put microtransactions, and that's a business. Like that, you can make shitty games all day. I'm not saying Force right. is shitty, but I guess I guess it's like and this happens all the time. Like like what what it would be the, the biggest movie ever or whatever is like billions of dollars and it just flops at the box office and it's like how could that happen? It's like projects lose their way and ideas are good on paper and then they don't they don't make 
sense when it's time to to spend money on them. I, so I get it. Uh, so it so it makes it extra fascinating that here you here you are now. It's 2023. Square has had some rough times, and then it's like, gadoosh. 16 yep. is not yep. only a monster hit, but it's a critical success, right? Uh, I believe so. I, I, I'll be honest. I've been so deep in it that I really haven't even looked at reviews. But yeah. I remember I was going to try to hold off on it. Um, and, you know, I was like, I'm going to try to hold off because I wanted to finish, you know, Breath of the Wild first. And I tried to do that. And that didn't last very long. And then I was finally like, I... I just have to have to get this. Like, yes. I played that demo and I was just like, holy moly. Like, I don't think like a Final Fantasy game has felt that good to me in in battle, in story, in character development, establishment even. Like, I was like, oh, shit. I have one complaint about Final Fantasy 16, though, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get it out of the way. You mm-hmm. can kill a chocobo. Whoa. I thought that was fucked up. Like I was like, uh, like it's a wild chocobo, but like I was walking through the field and I thought, oh, can I go up to this chocobo and like maybe like tame it? And so I walked up to it and it turned around and tried to bite me. And then I was in a fight and I was like, I can't believe I have to do this. That's really, that's (laughs) (laughs) now maybe in final fantasy 14, you kill chocobos like on the reg. I don't know, but I was kind of shocked. I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's uh, I'm not saying I like it, but it's it's a wild animal in the world that is sort of, uh, you know, interactive in the way that any wild creature would be in a living, breathing world, as opposed to the cartoonish, silly ride from this town to this town on on a on an ostrich which it was Mm -hmm. in the other, you know, they were not, um, they were not creatures in the world previously. They were, um, mechanisms to travel, uh, in all the games. So I I don't know. It's kind of cool. I was like, whoa, that's yeah. I mean, it, it's cool in a way, but you know me, like, I don't want to hurt a fly ever. So I'm like, I can't believe it. But I I mean, you know, whatever. Can you kill a horse in tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild? I don't think so. My God. I don't know if you can, but. No, no, no. My son playing just wants to murder everything. So he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no, don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. I, I, you might be able to. Like if you hunted one, like shoot an arrow, would it turn into meat and then you would eat it, cook it later? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so just to go back for a moment to me praising Final Fantasy 16 like this, <laughs> I wanted to single out. Um, I got curious and I was like, I want to know like who the creative director was, like, mm. who wrote this. Mm-hmm. And I found out that the man that did with lead writer, um, his name is uh, Kazutoyo Mehiro. And it's he has such an interesting story. He joined Square in the middle of the 90s. So mm-hmm. he has been with Square since it was Square Soft, did which he I work thought on- was Super, super Any cool. Chrono Triggers or sevens uh, or sixes? He actually worked with um, he he worked with Hiroki Chiba, who was the director of Chrono Trigger. Okay. But I don't think he worked on Chrono Trigger. I think his first project was Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, okay. And then at the time, uh, which has a great Final- story, which has a right. great, rich, deep political story, right? And so. 
at the time, my understanding when I read about him was that Final Fantasy VI was in development and they were talking about the same time about a spinoff title for the series that would use the tactical system. And that is yeah. how he basically got onto this project. Hmm. Um, so that was like the first thing that he came in on. But he's been very involved with the tactics games. Um, he has been involved with some of the other uh, Final Fantasy main series titles. But I think, and of course, I know he worked with a team. It's not like he wrote the entire fucking game himself. Right, sure. Uh, but I was really excited because I felt as if I felt as if a person that had been with Square since they were Squaresoft clearly would understand, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. just look and go, okay, we need Chocobo, we need bombs, we need right. Moogles. It's like, okay, yeah, I Ticking get it. Ticking boxes versus truly like right. reinventing and and uh, focusing right. on story. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was just really excited, and I do pay attention to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did work on Final Fantasy twelve. And, you mm-hmm. know, obviously I was not a huge fan of that game there. I have friends who adored that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just could not click with it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm getting kind of off the topic, but I think it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting that you have a many games in the series that are um, they're cartoonish, they're high fantasy in a very classic way. And then and then there's spots in the in the timeline that are like, this is a rich political, you know, uh, backstabbing, mm-hmm. whatever story. Tactics is like that. Um, 12 has those elements. And then you're like, yeah, who is re- who is responsible for the?" And you're sort of tracing the, the art, the work to mm-hmm. specific people. I think it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think so much of Square Enix's Final Fantasy content to me has been about using the hallmarks of the series but not really connecting to what I loved most about mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Like it wasn't just the elements. It's like people that make Silent Hill games and they're like, well, Pyramid Head has to be there and everything right. has to be crumbling. And it's like, okay, well, yes, but uh, you, like there's like a, a lack of understanding, at least to me. Anyway. So, okay, but this dovetails directly into my main questions and about the game, which is like... What makes this a Final Fantasy game mechanically? Because it's an action, third-person action combat game. It is not turn-based battles. Is it is not you know? Is it? Well, are, is there a party away system? From that, though, of course. Yeah, I mean, fifteen moved away from that. Yeah, so I actually th- don't know how what mechanically what fifteen is, and then seven remake is sort of a hybrid between the two systems, which I was right. very impressed by. Um, right. So what's so going on here? If you liked seven, if you like Final Fantasy seven remakes changes, the way that they handle fights and remake, you would like this because yeah. this is basically it just takes away that you're still grinding, but it takes away the feeling of like, oh, I got to stop now. And like you never really stop moving. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to move during battle. So instead of being stopped and frozen and then everyone takes their turns and blah, 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 it's all just active and moving. So I guess it is more like ARPG in that style. So that that does change. But are you... I personally prefer that at this point. Yes. I think I do. I will too. Uh, But um, 7 Remake is like action, action, action. And then like you're saying... It's not exactly pausing, but it's like you're going into a menu to select certain abilities for certain characters and then and then saying this character do this ability on this enemy and go and you're back in the fight. 
And what yeah. I think you're saying here is that's not in this. It's you're you're just it's an action game. You are like a monster hunter, like a Dark Souls, like an Elden Ring. You are fighting the fight all the time in yeah. battle. Is that yeah. accurate? And, and- uh, yes. And also what I like is that if you see something and you're like, nah, don't want to mm. touch that, you can mm-hmm. just run on. You by. run away. Yeah. Right. You know, you can just so but I do think this is interesting. And I guess this would be something that every Square fan, every Final Fantasy fan would have a vastly different take on. Clive, the main character is the only controllable character. Oh, that was what I was wondering. Yes. Yeah. And other the art, other party members are basically like AI driven. Okay. But then they added something that I have thought so much about this since I started to play it. They added an accessibility function that I can't imagine people aren't talking about this, but I haven't Googled it that much. So Mm -hmm. here's how it works. So you play the main character and then eventually the main character meets a dog and the dog fights for you. (laughs) Right. Which is like the best. Right. Mm -hmm. So in final fantasy 15, you were capable of, you didn't have to worry about steering your, the other party members fighting mm-hmm. so much, but if you wanted them to do special attacks, mm-hmm. you controlled those. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. you could be like, oh, you know, you know, this character has a special attack ready and you could fire it off. Right. Otherwise though, you were just focusing on yourself mm-hmm. in this game. It's kind of similar in that you will travel with people, but usually you know, they're not your permanent party members. Like people come and go in your party, um, some more than others. And you don't control what they're doing, but you can control the dog. However, the accessibility (laughs) comes in, in that you have these, um, accessories you get at the beginning of the game. One of them, if you equip them completely controls the dog for you. So basically instead of you having to remember while you're fighting, Oh, and let me tell the dog to do Mm -hmm. something with my D pad, the dog just AI. Right. Mm -hmm. And can, and can you set parameters of like, I want you to be more aggressive. I want you to do healing things. Like, is that a thing or it's just, it's just autopilot. No, it's autopilot. But then this, I found this very interesting. Another accessory basically promises that instead of you having to remember the button combinations for all of Clive's attacks as he like fills out like the, um, gosh, what do you call it? Like when you level up and you put your, you know, it's like a board where you like choose how you're going to level, you know, like a stat board or a skill tree or whatever. Skill tree. Yeah. There's an accessory you put on that's like, you don't have to remember any of that. Just put this accessory on. And when you press the attack button, Clive will just execute like a variety of different attacks Mm, mm -hmm. for you. And and I was like, that's like cheating. That's what I'm wondering. It's like there's a fine line between like accessibility and I guess it's I guess it is a form of simplicity. Are you at a okay? You're playing at a diff at difficulty X, right? Normal. Right. Is there an adva- Is there some sort of advantage or disadvantage between granularly managing the dog and or party members' actions versus autopiloting them? Mm-hmm. Are you are you are you at a disadvantage or an advantage or not or neither? Is it somehow balanced in a way where uh, that doesn't matter? Well, I got curious. Because I started by going, oh, that's so good because, you know, my ADHD makes it so hard for me to remember button combos. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. reason I don't play stuff like um, uh, Street Fighter. I can't remember the buttons. Yes. So I'm like, okay. So, 
you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this for a little while. So I try it, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, well, it's fun. It feels good. But it also is like you're just kind of pressing the buttons. Yeah, it takes because, away a lot of agency and strategy, right. I, I guess. So I, I did that for a little while. And then I was like, I'm going to try turning this off and I'm mm-hmm. going to see how that is. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize when I turned it off that, yes, you're much more active in making decisions, but it's kind of nice, like, if you just want to really, and the story is really rich, if you just yes. want to enjoy the story, right? like, you really can, like, just enjoy the story. So and, it like, is a bit, it's almost like a difficulty slider in a different way. It's not named as such, but is. it kind of acts like, which is great. It, 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 that is great for accessibility, and it is great for, hey, I just want to enjoy. I want to kick back. That's, totally. I get that. And I just thought it was so interesting. Like it really made me think a lot because I was just like, huh. So some people would say like, oh, that's cheating. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, what if like one of Matt's kids was playing this game, which I don't yeah, think yeah, they yeah. would. No, it's sophisticated. But, it's a, but it's a great but, point. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, rather than be like, nah, you have to like be able to manage like 65 different systems. Yeah. And I know that they probably didn't do it for any neurodivergent catering reason, but it did make me realize that it is an accessibility play, even if I don't know if they, I mean, I assume that's what they wanted to do, but I don't know. Whether you call it a a recognition of a neurodivergent or you just call it two different audiences, one min-max granular strategic, I want to touch every button audience. And the other audience, as you said, is just like, this story is so good. I just, I just want to like mash buttons and get to the next cutscene. Like, great. Yep. yep. 100%. 100%. Um, okay. Before you move on, my questions about party members are, do party members function as, um, almost as builds or loadouts? Meaning I'm going to, I've, you don't control them and you don't issue commands or supers or ultimate attacks or whatever, but you, but you, are you saying, I want the ice lady with this armor and I want the cool lightning dude with this sword and together we're going to do this strategy against this boss. Is that what's going on or is it just like you get what you get? Um, My experience so far has been that you are mostly focused on managing Clive and they're just kind of doing their own thing. Okay. Like you're not, you're not rotating your cast. You're not choosing to take certain people. At least yeah, not at the point yeah. I'm at. Okay. So maybe I would be curious to I don't know, know if like, that comes later or yeah, what. Yeah. Is but. there like a hub world or a camp or something where it's like, all right, we got to do this mission. I got to take out this person and this person. We're going to go like, it doesn't have to be that, but I'm just, I am like, I guess my, my question is like, what's the point of having a party in a final fantasy game? If you're not optimizing and setting up and gearing and what, like, What's the point of that? That's a really good question. And for me, the answer to that was the story is so rich and deeply involves them. Right. Like they are, they are not just like, oh, it's a cool hunter or an archer. It's like, no, they have really deep, rich, fascinating stories. And so Mm -hmm. to me, I didn't mind that I couldn't control them because, oh, and this is another thing, um, you have to manage the summons are called icons in this game. You know how they mm-hmm. always change the names. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you really like, like have to manage a lot of different things. If you're not using that, if you're not using that accessory. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're like, okay, I'm managing the dog. I'm like, okay, I need to flip between my fire skills and my ice skills and my, depending on what you've unlocked, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, it's just kind of a lot, um, at least to me. And it's funny so hearing that. I like, like it. Yes, that there's a lot to do and a lot of strategy and st- RPG stuff to do, and none of it involves party. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm not saying it's good or bad. You, clearly, you're saying it's all there, and I'm loving it. It's yeah. just different from yeah. other games. It really is. It really, That's really, really is. Interesting. I can't yeah. tell if I'm if I like it more or less. I've I've watched literally no footage of this game. Like I, I've maybe there was a there's probably a cinematic trailer or two that popped up during whatever some uh, you know. Uh, not summer games the one before it whatever that was and i was like oh cool and you were like uh medieval game of thrones final fantasy yeah like i and i think that's another reason why it has hit me so hard is because i was totally not like i was like nah that's not for me right like but i I have not seen this. this i have not seen this game in motion at all and now i'm very intrigued by it mechanic i want to know what it is mechanically now now that we've been talking about it yeah, I mean, I really enjoy it, but, you know, obviously, you know, story is such a huge thing for me. So, like, you know, that's. So do you feel like you're uh, you're like one third in? Do you feel like you're halfway through? Do you have no clue? Like, wh- how, where, where are you? Well, my 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 main character has hit like a pivot point, I would say. So I would say that, like. I would say that, oh God, it's so hard to guess, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, I, obviously something has happened to where like there is a, an arc, a character arc mm-hmm. that's happened to my main character. So I think I've maybe put in like, maybe like 15, maybe 18 hours, okay. I guess. Yeah. Um, does would, it feel maybe 40%? I don't know. Let's, do, let's I'm curious how many hours is Yeah, time to beat. Uh, do you f- based on what you know and what you've played, does it feel side questy like I could I could do a, I could drop 100 hours into this game if I do all the things. Does, so, is that what's going on or is it a main quest all the way down? So no, the, I mean you know they always are going to pad it. So according <laughs> to the internet howlongtobeat.com Main objectives, 33 and a half hours in length. Okay. If you want to do side quests, 69 hours. N- nice. Yeah, 69. Nice. So, yeah, I guess based on that, I'm like a little over halfway. Would you if say... if I played 18 hours and it's 33 and a half... Are you mainlining it, though, or are you dabbling? Are you picking up little side things here and there? I've done a few, but not too many. Not Although many, one yeah. thing I will mention while we're talking about that is that I've noticed that even the side quests feel much richer. I've noticed that there are little like emotional bits that they've written into even the side quests to like make you care. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's actually really cool. I've not really seen them do anything that doesn't just feel like a fetch quest. Yeah. But like the, the side, even the side quest characters will be like, I have a real problem or like this has happened to me or like, my wife is missing and I'm terrified she's never going to come back. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, oh, it's it's little writing bits, but like yep. they're really good. 
I remember The Witcher 3 being exceptional at that, so much so that people talk about the side quests more than the main game. With the main game is great, but like there are very emotional, visceral side quests in in mm-hmm. that sort of game. Mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom Zelda is is it's a little more um it's it's a little whimsical. It's like here's a, here here's a quirky character looking for something and it's just another fetch quest, but like it's still really fun, and and there's always a crazy puzzle to do. Um, so anyway, what you're describing sounds a bit more like um, The Witcher Three, which is a, a check in the in the good yeah. Column. I've never played that one, so I I, I can't say myself, but um, but yeah, like it's it's really. And one more thing I'll say because I could just go on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Please do. Is that I do not think that any other Final Fantasy game has achieve this level of spectacle mm. in the fights mm-hmm. like these icon fights are mm-hmm. and i've said that i've gone into our discord multiple times and been like holy shit that was so fucking epic yeah i would like to see <laughs> i would like to see some of this but i i just i don't want to spoil myself of course is that i mean but are these like pivotal story fights or are these like common mm, fights what, what I, are I you would, I would say that there are are some of them are pivotal story yeah, fights. Yeah, okay. And there, there are some that are just like, oh, there's a boss in my way. I have to move it. Uh-huh. But like, and also I feel like one thing they did that made it more like cool for me is that you'd actively fight and then they hit a cutscene, And then in that cutscene you might see some really epic shit, but then they'd like cut you back in by having you do like the, what do you call it? Like, you'd press a button to make sure you get a block or make sure you, mm-hmm. you land some. So mm-hmm. like you're still involved. They they have a way to make you, they've written it to make you still involved, even though right. like you're seeing cutscenes of this like yeah, insanely yeah. epic okay. thing like yep. unfold. Mm-hmm. Which if done well can really feel great. And if done poorly can kind of be like, yes, I will hit X many times to block this spell, I guess. And that's just what I have to do. Um, is the is the combat um is the is the day-to-day combat like uh is it action arcadey or is it more like Arkham Shadow of Mordor? I don't know how much you have dabbled in any of those games, but is it like I haven't, so perfect, I can't really those say. games are those games are action games, but it's kinda like you approach an enemy and it's like, oh, if I hit Y at just the right second, it's like, poof, poof, poof. it's almost like a ballet of timing. Whereas, you know, for example, Tears of the Kingdom is like whack, 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 block, block, block with a shield. Whack, uh, you know. It's more ma- more mashy versus timing hmm. based. You know, does you that could, make any sense? You, yeah, you could be mashy, but if you were mashy, you would probably die a lot, I think. Okay. Um, Because I've done that and been like, oh. So I would definitely say that for me, it would be more like, Dash, attack, 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 roll, mm, run, okay, okay. run, magic, magic, dash, dash in, attack, special, dash away, roll, okay. yeah, like that. So it's, oh, so it's very, it's very, as you said, a lot of movement, tons of movement. Tons of movement. Got it. Like, yeah, tons. And so Clive has a physical attack with a weapon. Clive has a magic attack that eventually have multiple magic attacks for distance. And then he has all the icon special attacks, which most of those are are up close and personal, but one or two of them are not. Mm -hmm. So it's really very varied um, 
very, very varied, I found. That sounds great. And it's, you know, if it's it sounds like a game that is very responsive. Like, it's very, like... Um, I thought so. Tactile to play. Like, you're zooming, rolling, flipping... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mashing. I thought so. I mean, I, right. I've really enjoyed... You know, I've talked about this before, like the feeling of the fights, the feeling of, you know, yeah. sword hitting uh, blocks, et cetera. And all that is like really satisfying to me. Nice. nice. Do they so, make use of the PS5 controller? Are you getting like good oh, yeah. good feedback and sounds yep. and stuff going on? Yep. Yeah. All those cool. things. That's all nice. of those things. I think Very it's nice. well done. I, I know that not everybody loves it. Um, I've seen some reviews that have been like, ah, they didn't land mm. on this or this. Okay. I don't feel like I should really call it out fully until I'm done. Because, sure. you know, obviously story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I can at least say that so far I am awed and really enjoying myself. And that's more than I would have expected from any Final Fantasy game that Square <laughs> Enix did. In, so in 2023. It, yeah. It's great. You know, that's like cool. I'm, I'm very happy about it. That's really, really cool. I, yeah. I, I, I must I must look at this. I want to I do want to see I just want to see it in motion and see see gameplay, you know, uh, I wonder if I can pull up a video for you and I can do it after the podcast so I'm sure. not clacking. But uh, I wonder if I can pull up a video for you maybe to be like, hey, like here's a fight you can watch that won't Yeah, like, that's what anything. I want to see. Yeah, totally. You know? it, just, just any like, ran, you know, random encounters. You know, I don't I don't need to see a big boss fight. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm very curious now. <laughs> oh, but you should. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I'll take a peek. Um, what, so is this, is this 100% of your game time or are you dabbling in other things? Have you gone uh, back to Tuck, Tuck Key? I, I haven't actually. And that was another thing I was thinking about that I thought was so interesting is that I've continued to play Diablo on the side. I finished ah. that and you know, that's like my playing with friends game. Oh, and you, so, did you finish the, the main storyline for that? I did. Yeah. Great. And now I'm moving into, you know, the, now I can do nightmare difficulty. Post-game now I can get whatever. really epic drops, stuff yep. like that. Cool. And so I'm like, yeah, awesome. Great. Like, so that but now, has now the game has begun. The actual game has, right. has begun for you. Right. And yeah, actually, I haven't watched it yet, but it was like um, just today, like they did like a, the announcement of the seasons and stuff like that that are coming. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. haven't watched it because I'm I'm curious what that's going to compo- be composed of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know yet. So I, I know I there was some discussion about um whether or not seasonal content would would be like create a fresh new character and start from scratch because I know a lot of people really like that and there's other people who are like I've worked so hard to create this character I want my main character to yeah. get more and more powerful I don't remember which which of that in three it's seasonal characters which I did not understand I'm like what what yeah, am I doing? No, what your am seasonal I characters. Yeah, that's the thing. Seasonal characters were always separate. So yes. I was not like appalled by that because I played other games and I know how they do it. But then it was like, but then your seasonal character progression would unlock loot or things that you could then send back to your main character or get. It's like, why am I leveling up a new character when I just want my big, beefy character to get more powerful? And I could I I googled seventeen times to be like what I don't I li- I'm sorry I do not understand what this game is trying to do make me do and I never I never did seasonal stuff I don't think I ever did it yeah it's funny I was always aware it was going on and I never was like like I knew and I had seasonal characters but like it's not like I put a lot of time into them it's not okay. like I really focused on it and so I think 
for this, it's different because I have a group I'm playing with mm-hmm. and that makes it fun. When mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I want to hang out with, you know, Patrick and Paul and I want to like play this together, all of us tonight. And so I can see us doing more stuff because of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm just barely scratching the end game at this point. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I've done it, but I mean to say like, I haven't seen very, like I played like, I think an hour after work. And then you were like, Hey, I can do the podcast. <laughs> so I didn't play very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm seeing, I've seen very much of where it could, what's going to happen after, but I I've heard that it's pretty robust after you mm-hmm. finish it. So yes, that should be indeed. interesting to what's watch. What's your review of the sort of main quest story role credits end of, end of chapter Diablo four was good. I mean, I okay. have an incredibly soft spot for two, so it's hard for me to ever really get around that story, yeah, but yeah. I felt like it was funny. I, I felt like the story this time around was very rich and it kind of made me a little sad because I was like, man, I know that so many players skipped skip this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like i get it like not everyone wants story but mm-hmm. like i just felt like they really did a good job of really weaving good story and making the characters really rich so for me i really enjoyed it um diablo lore is surprisingly good and interesting it's great and that's yeah. why i'm saying like it's kind of a bummer that like you know so many people skip it but on the other hand i know there are people who love it yeah. so it's like well let me not you know assume there's not people out there who are just all about it and loving every minute of it um but i i really enjoyed it and i thought it was you know pretty formidable as far as like lining up with the other diablos and quality um i don't think anything will ever overcome my nostalgia for two though I was so thinking I, about grabbing the two was on sale. The re, remaster was on mm-hmm. sale somewhere, probably on uh, definitely on switch. Cause I, I don't have battle net. Um, and I was like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe I should play D2. It, so it's fun, but it feels old. Yeah, I, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. And so it's like, I guess you just kind of have to figure out, is it going to be the kind of old that you're like, yeah, that that I like this. This feels nostalgic. Or is it going to be like this aged poorly? You know what I mean? All I need is a carrot. And I was very, mm. as I've said probably here, I was really bummed about Minecraft Dungeons because it is Diablo through and through. It's got great weapons. It's got great builds. It's got great systems. But there's also very casual because it's basically a Diablo for kids. So it's like a super accessible casual diablo and i was like yes i will i could grind on this forever and then i just finished the story arc and i don't know why this game did not give me a good reason or incentive to get more stuff i was like so what do i do now there were no like i don't just give me a quest marker give me a show me a sword and then show me a slightly bigger sword and i will grind for the bigger sword, but it just did not do that. And I was very confused by that. So I guess my point is like, um, you know, I'll forgive Diablo twos, uh, you know, oldness. If I can, if, if there's bigger swords to get, you know, I want another (laughs) monster hunter. Like I burnt, I, I played so much monster hunter rise and there is so much more to do in that game. And I, and at some point I was just like, yes the carrot it will always be you can always get a little more powerful but i I just kind of no i didn't burn out but i just kind of said this is i've 
I've gotten 120 hours out of this. I've right, very, right. I am very happy, very satisfied with this. Totally, game. yeah, totally. I mean, I think that I played Diablo two so much alone mm-hmm. that I think maybe a l- solo, I've kind of scrubbed it out. But I think if I was playing it with a friend, maybe it would be different because does I've played, two, you know. It does, does the two remaster have cross-platform online multi- multiplayer co-op, etc.? That, that would be interesting to know. Let's consult the internet to see. The internet. But, uh, uh, the internet. Okay, multiplayer video game. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does say that i thought you just googled multiplayer video game i'm like no hello do you have multiplayer video do game? you have game <laughs> uh, chat gpt what is game uh, what is game <laughs> uh let's see i don't i don't know maybe it maybe it save some some product user some some I don't see anything that says, yeah, I, maybe it's still solo. It seems like a lot of work to have all to the servers on, especially with right. D4, like on the way. It's like, well, I, I would forgive it for not having it, but it would be kind of, it would be cool to have to play multiplayer in Diablo 2. Okay, so it exists. Offers online co-op with up to eight players, but has no couch play. That's fine. Um, so, but it says that it's nowhere near as obviously because of the time, I guess it's nowhere near as easily accessible. Um, but like, like, but, but I mean, it's possible. I'm I'm just thinking about like a a buddy, but like a friend of mine who I'm still very close with, like we grew up playing, uh, not world of Warcraft, war, Warcraft two, you know, Mm. and age of empires. And, Diablo, all the Diablos, one and two, uh, and I can't remember if we ever played Diablo online. But like the idea of us both grabbing it on Switch yeah. for sale and then being like, for, you know, you're just you just it's just a friend, you know, it's just a friend code. It's not there's no uh, what are they? Used to, there's no lobbies or or you know you're not creating servers. And back in the old days, you're just like boop, you're online. Let's go. Yeah, I so. think it looks like yeah, I think some people were not thrilled because they didn't offer a couch co-op version is that's i get it i okay um, but that's but i mean that's work. you know there, that was not in the original game obviously it's a pc game you know from yeah. the yeah so players can't play with friends on other platforms but they are able to right. temporarily transfer their profile to another system so basically yeah you you could as long as you're both playing on pc or whatever got it yep yep okay noted yeah. I shall think on that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you rolled credits on D4, and and we're very satisfied with uh, with everything. Being being yeah. the super fan that you are, it's great. Yeah, no, I totally am, and it was it was great. So you know the the gaming gods are keeping us well fed, as, as, they, as, <laughs> Ooh, as like the kids that. would say. Anything else? That that's a that's a tall order. You got a lot. No, man, I'm I'm full up. That's it. Full I'm up. I'm just yeah, full up. Love it, love it. Um. I I am determined to roll credits on Tears of the Kingdom, but but not anywhere near yet. I, I just every time I boot it up, I really am like I really I really want to do all the side quests. I want to find all the things. I want to get all the weapons, and I I want to take pictures of everything for the compendium. Like 
I, I, I have res- resolved to say this is going to be a slow, methodical checking yep. in on it when the time is right. And the yep. kids love it. The, my son is like really invested in it. And my our daughter just she kept watching both of us play and sort of, you know, kibitz saying like, go there, go do this, do this. And then one day she's just like, I want to start my own. And I was like, go for it, girl. And she 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 did the whole sky island and got down she's like i can't wait to get down to where the real game starts i'm like you can you can get there figure it all out like i had to do that for my son because he's he's younger and he gets very frustrated she is a problem solver and she's she can she can figure out the shrines and and she needed a little bit of help here and there but like all told she figured it all out got down and is having a blast so it's a family affair love it continuing to that's love great. and adore this game that's great um, I, lo- I love that that makes me really happy because i feel a little guilty in a way i'm like oh I yeah just i know abandon a zelda you, game. like you're cheating on uh you're cheating on a zelda game i know but i mean truthfully though like i've been thinking about this and i've almost been loath to say it but like maybe it's an ADHD problem mm-hmm. when breath of the wild was the new, new, and there was mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. like it. It yes. was like, Oh shit. Yes. But yep. it's like, okay, you're playing it and it's great, but you played it before in right. a way like, yes, right. it has new stuff, but right. And then you take another franchise that I'm obsessed with. And you're like, here, here's maybe the best entry we've done in like 10 years and it's totally new it's totally fresh it's totally it's new all, it's all new and i'm like oh god i no. this is my this is my weakness no look you've made the right choice i think the the only outstanding question for you is like will you go back one day will you finish it especially because i am very eager to sit down here and really go hard on spoilers because I, there is stuff about the story and the chronology that I still don't fully understand. And I, and I want to finish the game so I can say, wait a minute, what the fuck was this? And why was that here? There is a lot, I have a lot of things to talk about when we'd get there. So anyway, right. what's yeah. your, what's your gauge on whether you will like roll credits on this game one day? I, I find it really hard to call. Like yeah. one part of me is like, are you just going to forget it and never go back mm-hmm, to it? Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't think that I'm going to do that. I could be wrong, but like. I, you, you put, you could put Final Fantasy 16 in the books, like three, three to four weeks from now and be like, that was amazing. And now, yeah. and then you're like, okay, well maybe I'll uh, do some shines now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know that. I know that, yes, like it's such a it's such a mellow game. It it is still such a lovely vibe in, you know, this and Breath of the Wild that I could be like, yeah, like I I think I could see myself going back to that. Um, And I hope I hope that's the case. But I also fear that, you know, I'll finish Final Fantasy 16 and then someone will be like, oh, look, it's this thing. And I'll be like, there will be there will be plenty of other things to to pull our attention away yeah i'm eager to see how that shapes up for for you and for for us here in this household and and also folks who are listening like the the convert the chatter about the game has has died down significantly just you know just in general in in the general discourse 
totally. And I don't and know I if mean, that's because people have like settled in or or if they have stopped playing. I'd be interested to, to know more. Yeah, I don't. That's a really good point. I, I I don't know. Like, you know, I feel like yeah, like Breath of the Wild. People were talking for months and months and months and months, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have to. You know what? Uh, this conversation is reminding me to share one more thing about this that. I know you will adore, and it's very special to me. And that is, um, I we're I, I walk the kids to school and camp as often as weather and time and stamina permits, and we walk pa- down our block. And there's our block has you know variety of people, families, old people, young families, whatever. And there's another family who has kids roughly our age. And their son is six, I want to say. So a year younger than my son. And I'm walking past their house with the kids one day. And I, my, the baseball cap that I wear day to day has a Triforce on it that I would say 3% of the, of the world under knows what that is. I don't, no one, no, very few people come up to me and be like, yeah, Zelda, what do you, what do you play, play? No (laughs) one said, no one, no normal people don't seem to know what it is, (laughs) which is sad to me. But um, this young boy and his mom recognized it and they were like, and so somebody was like, oh, are you playing Tears of the Kingdom? I was like, of course, it's the greatest game ever I've ever played. It's amazing. And they and she was like, yeah, I'm just starting it. And he loves watching me play. So anyway, my hat became a conversation starter where this lovely family and this adorable six year old kid now stops me on the street and might as well be, might as well say, hey, mister, hey, mister, what are you doing? What are you, how many hearts you got in Zelda? Like, he will flag me down. I will be halfway down the block and be like, hey, what do you, what do you do? You got any uh, temples? <laughs> and what has happened is like, he, like, we've always been friendly with them, but now he and my son are like good buddies and now they're coming over for play dates and whatever. And so what I'm what I'm alluding to here is that this game is so immersive and big and all of our experiences are so varied that now my son plays it and this kid watches his mom play and they are now sitting in my backyard talking about the game for hours discussing like did you go here did you see this what about the talus what about my dad got this well my mom did this and I'm telling you, this is exactly what happened with The Legend of Zelda for the NES when it came out in our childhood. I had distinctly remember going on the playground and saying, did you know that if you put a bomb here, you could open this door and then you could get here? Yes. Did you get this ring? Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, friends, that The Legend of Zelda has transcended through the generations to grab the attention and imaginations of of us as children and now our children after us yeah and i had to stop and just look out the window and look at these kids just like talking about zelda in the backyard and be like they fucking did it man this yeah. is so amazing Yep. This game. It's, be- it's, it's beautiful. And it's like one of those things that just gives you so many different wonderful feelings. You're like, wow. That's it. And yeah, that's that's what it is. You're so like, I wanted to wow. share that. And uh, it's very special. And thank you. Thank you, Nintendo. Thank you, 
Ayanuma and Zelda and Link, thank you all for, for that. And we will keep playing it. But in the meantime, I want to talk about one, three games very, very quickly. Okay. Uh, one is called Nova Lands. Feel free to uh, to pull it up and Google it. Okay, I shall do that because I am interested to hear what this is going to be about. This is a this is a, an, an automation game made by a by either a single person or a small dev team. Their Discord and their their community is, is very lovely, and people seem to have been excited about this game. I think this was an early access on Steam. Then it stopped being available on Steam in anticipation of the full release, and this, and then this it, looks like a mad ass game. Big it's time. It, let me tell you, and it then I it was so people seem to have been playing it. There, when I finally found my way to the Discord and the subreddit and the community, it's like many people already knew a lot about the game for some reason, even though it was not no longer playable. And then it then a demo came out on both Switch and Steam, maybe other platforms too. And then it finally released. And so this is a fa- I hesitate to even say factory automation, but um, it's an automate. You crash land on a planet. It's pixel art. It's two D. It's very whimsical. It's very quirky and silly. Um, you crash land. I believe the goal is to build a spaceship and escape, like all these factory games, RimWorld, Factorio, whatever. Yep. The reason this game is really great and has a lot of potential is because it is basically factorial light in that you need oh. to, you gather a resource and then you you need a smelter and you use that to generate the resource and then you use that resource to then feed into the next thing to create the next thing to and there's a tech tree and there's skill points and you're slowly but surely increasing the uh you know the, the your technological prowess and and everything about that I love where this game shines is that it does not create the f- the factory conveyor belt power line spaghetti that factorio is known for because the automation system is done with bots robots so what you do is you create a, a like a little antenna and the antenna can support X number of bots, three bots at first, but you can, of course, upgrade that capacity. Then you craft a bot and you say, okay, this bot is a logistics bot. This bot is going to move materials from, it's going to remove finished materials from a smelter to another device to then create the next thing. So what I, what you start doing is like, okay, the, this thing is done. I'm going to collect it in my inventory. Then I'll walk it over to this thing, put it in, and then it's going to create 16 more copper bars and what you start doing is saying okay if i make two robots to do that then that becomes that will start happening automatically and then i'm going to also have one bot for just resource collection so i want this bot to always collect wood and then drop the wood into a, a bin near the near the charcoal smelters and then the logistics bot is programmed to always grab raw materials and put them into the thing and so what you start figuring out is like all right i need two bots here i need one bot here i'm going to put this here and if i have set everything else up correctly and everything's programmed correctly um now this island will constantly produce charcoal and i'll never have to touch it again and this is factorio except with factorio and this is not really a criticism of Factorio, but it's the reason I keep stopping playing Factorio is that 
when you realize what you've done wrong in Factorio, you have to undo all the spaghetti and reconnect it. And it's, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. I personally, and this is in life and in games, if I ever have to undo work that I've already done, it's very frustrating and oh, yeah. it's a blocker for me. And that's why we love video games is because numbers always go up. They rarely, it depends on the game, but like rarely are you ever losing power or losing agency. It may take you a lot of grinding or thought or crafting or whatever to make the numbers go up, but they rarely go down with with few exceptions. And I'm not saying the numbers go down in factor, but it's like I have spent three hours trying to get coal from one side of this place to the other side and fuck, I put the power inverter in the wrong place and now everything I did is wrong. Or you know what it is with Factorio? It's like I have graduated to the next level of the tech tree and now I need coal here and here. And I have spent three hours putting coal in place A and to also get it into place B is like, oh my God, I built it all wrong. And that is actually what where Factorio shines. It's really... Because overcoming that is like, I'm a fucking genius. I'm the greatest person that ever lived. But it's a blocker for me. So anyway, Nova Lands bypasses that because the act of reconfiguring your bots is as simple as like, oh, I, I just need to put this bot. I don't need this bot here. I need to put this bot here. Okay, put boop, boop, boop. And you still run into supply chain problems where you're like, okay, all the bots are in place. This island has all these things. I've done everything correctly. Why am I not getting steel? And so you go around your island. And you're like, okay, this is here. This is here. What? Oh, it's because I don't have enough, you know, iron harvesting bots to keep up with the, the demand of this other thing. So the supply chain logistics that are in Factorio is, is also in this game in a good, good way. It scratches the exact same itch, but it doesn't have the, the spaghetti that you have to fix constantly. Hmm. And in that way, I really love and want to recommend this game. However, Ooh. I played the demo of the game on Switch and was like, yay, a Switch, an indie Switch game that has a lot of depth and complexity and it's 2D and it's pixel art and it runs really great on Switch. I'm going to get it on Switch. I played the demo. It runs great on Switch. And then you you play that, you then I bought it for $17 or whatever. And then I would say five hours in, you start making a lot of buildings and factories and bots and whatever. And I'm not, it's not like, uh, it's not, a, it's not blown out the ass. It's not like a crazy thing. And like, I've, I have three smelters on this island making steel. What could go wrong? I swear this game crawls down to like 15 frames a second when you're walking Ooh. past. And I, I feel tricked is not the right word. It's, a, it is literally one guy making this game. It's an amazing game. It runs really well on Switch until it absolutely does not run well on Switch. And the developer is aware of it and seems to be communicating very openly and patching the game and whatever. 
but I'm here to tell you that this is a great game that is that is unplayable. Like you know I'm sensitive to performance issues. I was forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Like I just I just want to play this. I want to play this. It's great. I don't care if it's like hitching here and there. I cannot even walk across my main island without it like like falling apart. It's so bad right now. So I'm here to tell you that this is an excellent game that you <sighs> should play on Steam or wait Steam. for a patch. Wait uh, for a patch on on Switch. I hope they can fix it up because it's not good. I stopped. I was like, I can't do this anymore. That just sucks so bad. Anyway, that really Nova does. Lands. Uh, I'll report back. There was a patch dropped yesterday, and I, I did peek in, and it seems a little better, but not great. So mm. I'll let you know. Anyway, that's Novaland's. Uh, check it out. Wishlist it. Whatever. The other game that I really have been dying to play for a long time was Everspace Two. Um, are you familiar with this franchise at all? I'm not, but I'm going to type that one in too. Type so it I can on observe. in. Everspace One is an excellent roguelite, roguelike, whatever, roguelite, I suppose. And it's a spaceship combat game. And it had and has truly the best spaceship fighting combat. It, it's top tier. It's among the best spaceship combat I've ever played. Like, I love Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, for its uh, for its semi arcadey version, and this has such good dynamic tactile combat, and mm-hmm. and, and so in Everspace One, you're going on a run, and you are pum puming other ships, and you're flying through asteroids, and you're th- zooming through shipwrecks and whatever, and you are trying to kill enemies to get resources and new weapons to then upgrade your ship and then you eventually die but the premise of the game is that you are a clone so even if you die you are then recloned with your memories thanks to sci-fi magic and you come back on the next run again very much like Hades of like I got some amount of resources to make my next run a little bit better and a little bit better and so that's Everspace 1 and it's it's excellent if you like those kinds of games and you like spaceship combat do yourself a favor and get Everspace One. So the indie developers, I think they're German. Rockfish Games is the name of the studio. Mm, okay. They had such success with this game. Audience loved it, sold really well, that they said, okay, we're making Everspace 2, went into early access. But this is this is the same flight and weapon mechanics and ship combat mechanics, but in an open world RPG story-driven game. Nice. The, they blew the scope way out early access they might have kickstarted it community loved it really nurtured the development they finally came out in 1.0 i want to say earlier this year and it's a game that's like yep i will play this it will be mine one day but then tears the kingdom and all these other games (laughs) yep so i was like i want to take a breather from tears the king tears the kingdom what's on my wish list everspace might have had a few bucks discount i was like yes gonna get everspace too it's so great. It's so great. It's got it just has it just has this visceral tactile strategic combat where you really need a high amount of situational 3D awareness to understand what's coming at you and then also you are deciding between very specific weapons on very specific ships in order to handle 
certain scenarios. So you can equip two weapons, primary weapons, and you can equip two secondary weapons, which are usually missiles. And then you also have like energy generators and shield generators and armor plating. So there's all these sort of like RP in the same way you would build a character in Diablo for this armor gives me this amount of protection and it also gives me a stat boost to this, but it, and it gives me this ability and I'm using abilities to, to create a build. So you're creating a build around the ship, but you also have many different ships that you can eventually buy. I'm, I'm actually still on the first ship. I'm working okay. my way towards up to up towards getting a second ship. Uh-huh. And you can keep all the ships so you can collect different ships get their builds and what you're doing is like you're going out on missions and you're following you can follow the story you can do side missions and you're acquiring resources and materials and also just blowing up ships and then getting guns and then you 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 pull them into your ship with a tractor beam and you're like okay this is a totally different gun and it does more damage to shields and it does way less kinetic damage and it takes a lot of energy to fire but holy shit, I can shoot from 5,000 kilometers away. <laughs> so what you start doing, so my build right now is like I have one gun that's like a sniper rifle. And I can I can warp into a system. And if I see enemies, I can hang way back and go pew, pew, and like tick them way down. And like tick them way down on damage and shields before I ever engage. And then as they get closer to me, I switch over to this like beefy auto cannon and you like, you hit the right trigger. And again, the way weapons work is so like satisfying because it's like some weapons are like pew, pew, pew. And some weapons are like, (laughs) so imagine like three pirates and a drone are like, descending on you and you're like in the thick of combat and you like you swerve to the left and you hit like an emp pulse that like as they descend on you you like blast them with an emp so for five seconds they are all disabled mean and parentheses i've upgraded my emp ability from 2.5 seconds to 3.5 seconds using this amount of materials that i got from these missions so again it's all these sort of systems and crafting and upgrading numbers are going up and so boom they come on you boom all these guys are disabled for a very short amount of time boom swing around ramp up the machine gun and you're murdering them and you're like yes i am the fucking coolest and then on the flip side there are plenty of areas where you're like you just get your ass handed to you. You're like, I do not have enough shield or armor. I am not doing enough damage to even make a dent in whatever's going on in this shipwreck. And then the other part of this that I found really interesting, and this is different from the first game, because again, it's combat, it's story, it's missions. Great, great, great. It's upgrading. Awesome. And then there's also like, you can, it's open world. So you... You have a destination and you're like, okay, I'm marking it on the map. I fly, I align my ship to it. I start using my jump drive. You're like, and then you autopilot across the, the star system to whatever's next, right? And you're going and music's great. It's like, doom, doom, you're going through hyperspace. And all of a sudden you'll get, bing, and slightly to the right, you'll see a distress call or you'll see like unknown, un, what is it? Unknown signal or something and you're like all right well 
I could keep going to the main quest or I could answer this distress call. So you come out of autopilot, zoom around, you know, pull over. You basically, you're basically pull over to the side of the road, the space road, and then you realign to the distress call and then you warp in. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, we're under attack. Can you help us? Or we need resources or whatever. And it becomes these side quests that are very rewarding because you get new weapons or you get new armor or you get materials for crafting to upgrade your perks or your skill tree. And then the other thing is like sometimes these little side missions are environmental puzzles, meaning there's a massive shipwreck and it's so cool. It's like, it's like dark, it's like gross Star Wars. You know how, like we've talked about this, like Star Trek is very utopian and very pristine and beautiful and like grungy Star Wars is like, these gross shipwrecks and debris is everywhere and asteroid fields. Like you warp into these side missions and you have to like creep into a derelict ship full of mines because there's a, there's a canister in there that probably has some great loot in it, but you can't open the door because the ship is blown apart and the power coupling is still online. So the shield is up. And you can't get into a certain part of the ship unless you find a way to to push the debris away, get an energy sphere, and then bring it around to the other side of the ship to unlock the door. It's it's an environmental puzzle, and they're they're mostly fine. But I had this moment where th- there's something about the signposting on these kinds of missions that is a little lacking in EverSpace Two. Many times I'm like, I want to get what's in there, but I've been here for 20 minutes. I have no fucking clue how to get around to the other <laughs> side to put the to put the key in or find the debris. And it it made me realize how brilliant Tears of the Kingdom is and Breath of the Wild was before it cuz you know, you go into a shrine in these games and you're like, "Huh. Well, I got to get the ball up here, but there's a fence in the way." And the, and you're like, "This is impossible." And then four minutes later, you've completed the shrine. You're like, I'm the smartest person that has ever lived. <laughs> and you're not because this shrine was designed in a way to cle- to either clue you into the solution mm-hmm. or allow you to strap a fucking rocket on a shield and blast up to the ceiling and cheat and bypass the puzzle. And that is why Tears the King, those environmental puzzles in that game are genius and why those puzzles in a, let's call it a regular ass game, are like, man, this is not as good. I love this game. Everspace 2 is a fantastic game, Mm -hmm. but man, oh man, puzzle design Mm -hmm. in Tears of the Kingdom is genius level. Genius level. Yeah, it really is. It's it it absolutely just makes you, yeah. <laughs> it's been cool. To, I, I, it has not gone unnoticed playing these games side by side. I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth saying about Everspace. It's so uh, the, you know what the reason why I first came to Everspace was because you know played a lot of No Man's Sky, love spaceship games, whatever. It's the prettiest goddamn space game out there. No Man's Sky is very beautiful in a 70s sci-fi sort of way, but Everspace is like, it's dirty. 
and dark and scary and shipwrecky and asteroidy. And then you like, there's one mission where like you, you roll up on a planet and like half the planet is blown up and you're like, whoa, I am like in here. And space is big. That's the other thing I love about it is like the enormity of space in this, in Everspace 2 is fantastic. Cause you're like, all right, I'm here. And the objective is, is way over there. And it's like, it will take me 20 minutes to fly over there. So I I have to engage my cruise drive to get there. And the trying to cover distances when enemies are present or there are obstacles or what it's like I have you have to really think about, all right, I gotta get there, but I gotta fight these guys off because I can't engage crews while I'm under attack. So it's like fight, 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 and then okay, align my ship. And then, you know, it's like, you know, I love sort of cruise drive hyperspace like and then you're going yeah. and it just has all that it has all that sort of tactile spaceship fighting pum pum hyperdrive stuff that mm-hmm. many other spaceship games are like it would be great if it also had that man i yep. wish i could i wish i could go fast and i wish i could go faster in the spaceship everspace 2 has it all if you like these kind of games uh get everspace 2 heck yeah that sounds like the most mat of games and also a real joy for you. So I it's it's working. I love it. It's working for I love me. It. It's PC. I think it's on uh PlayStation 5 and Xbox um Xboxes. And Everspace 1 came to Switch and I believe it's a very good port, but there is something about this game at like a really good 60 frames per second. It's so that's a oh, one I'll one final thing and I'll shut up. Like it it's a it's a beautifully optimized game. It runs so damn well. Even if you have to lower the settings a little bit, like it is just smooth as butter, which you want because it's it's white knuckle space con- like you need to be in there really making sure that you are getting those uh mis- those missiles got to hit and just like swooping across landscapes and you can go down to planets and there's these huge shipwrecks and just zooming in and out of them and kind of like whipping around them, you mm-hmm. know, drifting around them, you know, as you will to, to figure out where you need to be at like 60 frames per second or more. <laughs> if you are so, uh, so inclined, um, <laughs> it's, it's spectacular. Like they really put the work in to make a very, it's a very polished game. That's, That's what I'll the say. Best. Everspace That's the two best. is a polished game. The best. That's it. I'll We've leave it there. About There's a lot one, of game. That's a lot of games. There's too many damn games. There's one more game I do want to talk about, and I will I will not talk about it, but I will tease you and say that um, it made me sell my VR headset. Um. What? Okay. I no longer possess VR tech capabilities, my friend. Wow. All right. Well, and I'll um, tell you that, why in a future that's episode. That's a mega tease. That is a mega tease. <laughs> I am going to, I am, I forget everything, but I am not going to forget that. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Any final thoughts or words? Uh, what, what are you going to be playing uh, tonight? I know, I know you're, you're, you're celebrating something that maybe we won't share, but uh, uh, yes, you have a good I am night celebrating a professional victory. Um, Very nice. And I think I will be, I believe my husband has ordered us some Italian food, which I'm looking very forward to. Mm. And I think we will probably be diving into uh, 
uh, Nightmare Diablo. So yes. I'm excited to start hacking into the part of the game where you get really good drops. We'll see. So that's what will happen tonight. I, when I say this phrase, I, I mean it with love in the context of Diablo. We'll see you in hell. <laughs> see you in hell. Oh, 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 oh,